Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you today? I'm very well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing just pretty good. Pretty good. I saw what I believe to be the very first episode that Pitt ever appeared in last night. Really? I think so. Um, I had a sudden, well, it's a long story, but uh, John Roderick told a funny story about uh, the guy who played Super Dave on, on our podcast yesterday. And so that, of course, that made me want to go back. My wife and I watched Palestinian Chicken, maybe the greatest Curb Your Enthusiasm up there. And then I ended up going back way to the beginning. And I knew I wanted to see, because I've been watching a lot of stuff with Bob Odenkirk and thinking about Bob Odenkirk a lot. And I, uh, we watched Porno Gill. I don't know if you remember this one. I think it's the third episode. You know, I don't remember much of that first season. Bob Odenkirk is a guy who used to be in pornos. And uh, he, uh, Larry ends up calling the wrong phone number and ends up calling him and getting invited, invited to a party. And so he and Cheryl get lost. And then they have to go to this party at the porno guy's house. And of course, you know, hilarity ensues. But, um... Uh, but, 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 oh yeah. So, so at one point they're trying to get directions from this woman on the road and he, she gets mad at Larry and tears up the directions mm-hmm. and he gets in the car and, and Cheryl goes, <laughs> so how'd it go? And he goes, pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> and then and so that's the house. first one all the way back in the I first I think season. it's gotta be up. Well, I mean, it's at least, it starts as at least as early as uh, episode three, maybe earlier. Mm. But I don't remember that. I don't see, dude, that was 20 years ago. That was over 20 years ago. 21 years ago. Seriously? I remember being in temporary housing for my dot-com job. Some things are very easy to locate chronologically. No dispensation needed. And uh, I was in temporary housing in Mountain View, home of Netscape. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I watched the pilot and I did not understand it. Mm. The, you know, the pilot McPilot before the actual first S1E1, the special on HBO with Jeff Garland and him. And it was all, it was going to be all about Larry David from Seinfeld and what he was doing next. And it was a documentary, but it wasn't a documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So then Larry and Cheryl show up and, and Larry won't take his shoes off and oof, oof. Palestinian chicken. Just here to tell you. You could go in cold, go in and watch the season eight, episode four or so, mm-hmm. Palestinian chicken. Anyway, I'm glad you're pretty, 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 pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Cheryl Hines is easy on the eyes. Woof. Um, here we are. It's the optimistic day. I just told you couple I got pants of, full of A couple of, of silver content. spoons here today, you know? Pants full of content. <laughs> I got so much content. I might need a bum bag. <laughs> Or as you say in the United States, a fanny pack. Fanny pack. You can't say that. Suspenders to hold up your pants. You know, don't. (laughs) I saw you tweet that you're wearing suspenders now. I'm all in. I'm all in. No, no, no. We don't have time today. I have pants full of content being held up with Carhartt suspenders. Uh, Affiliate links do benefit back to work. And I, (laughs) I don't, don't, don't put them in notes or I'll be mad. I'm not putting anything. All right. Relax. We got got a lot of content. I know you got at least two pieces of content uh, because it's always two pieces with you. (laughs) Uh, We have a sponsor today Mm -hmm. and I have lots of things to say about lots of things. I put things in notes and I prepared a little bit. Oh, I love the ones where you prepare historically. They're the good ones. Yeah. So you, uh, did you want to, do, do you want to go first? You want me to? You I like do, when you go first, but I'm, I'm content to go first if you prefer. Well, that. you, you thing. dropped something on me at it's the last show. minute that I, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my soundboard set up. <clears throat> You're going to be so sorry. Okay. <clears throat> I got, I got a stream deck now, so I'm, I'm getting ready to drop a lot of audio into my show. Well, welcome. A lot of auga horn. Mm. Auga. A klaxon, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about this fireside thing, because I, I just learned about it a minute ago. I, w- I was urinating, and you told me about a thing, and the man from the sharks, is, uh, <laughs> he, is he wheezing your juice? Is that what's going on? Well, Did he it- buy you out? Did you get bought out by, by somebody from uh, also from Texas? What's happening? I have, I have not. Um, so uh, there is an article. I'll put it into the show notes for the listeners. Show notes can be found. At. What, what episode is this? Uh, this is, uh, what's this, uh, one after 909? 517. No. 517. So you can go to this... backtowork.limo slash 517. It's episode 517, according to my notes. If yes. today is February 9th, then I'm going to yes. leave that to you. All right. Uh, this would be episode 517, backtowork.limo. So there is an article come came out by a um, friend of the show, Ashley Carmen, in, at The mm. Verge. And she 
uh, wrote a piece about Mark Cuban, who is co-founding a podcast app. They're calling it an app. I guess it's an app. I thought it, maybe it was a website. I don't know what it is. They're calling it an app. I guess they call websites apps now too. And apparently that he co-founded this thing and mm -hmm. um, it's, <laughs> it's, they're calling it Fireside. <laughs> That's your name, dude. That's your name, dude. And it's a... Um, it, you know, it, it, interestingly enough, oh, that's really weird. Oh, yeah, um, it is some kind of podcast hosting application, and uh, and they're calling it Fireside. And so, yeah, you know, it's it's weird because I'm I am aware, as you may be aware, I am aware of a website app that is a podcast hosting and analytics solution started in 2016 called oh Fireside. Boy. You're being a stinker, Dan. That's your site. It's my site. And so they reached out to me for a quote after I- so It was a dot, this. yours is dot .fm, right? Yeah, we also have the dot .net. Um, but the uh, dot .family man. Yeah, Fireside family man, dot dot, dot, dot uh, for Medusa. Yes. And, um, and so- You were contacted by this friend of the show, uh, Ashley, about Ashley commenting- Clark. On and, the Cuban men? Yes. And okay. um, and do you want to hear my quote? Do you want to hear the quote? Yes, that please. I, I don't really look at my messages, so I guess I probably got to catch up. Oh, I only missed one. There we one. go. Uh, creating a okay. memorable brand is a challenge, and we've already heard from customers and potential customers who are confused about this. It's surprising and more than a bit concerning. I imagine they just didn't realize that we here at Fireside have been in podcast hosting for almost five years or about my own personal involvement in podcasting since 2006. Of course, I invite them to reach out to me so we could begin a dialogue and figure out a solution. But Ooh. what do you do when <laughs> you have a company with this name and you've been using the name and, you know, there's trademark stuff, of course, but like you can't really use. And, and so I was my my curiosity was piqued. So I opened an incognito window and in the incognito window, I just typed in, went to Google.com and <clears throat> typed in. Uh, fireside because you uh -huh. know apparently google will structure your own stuff uh for you if you have so like they google somehow would know that i'm i look at fireside stuff all the time so it might be higher so in an incognito window at google.com um when i type in fireside we're the third the third uh in there the first one is the word that fdr startup yes no there the first one is um the definition of fireside in Merriam-Webster dictionary. That's the first result. The second is Churchill's fireplace and patio, which is actually in Austin, but it is a retailer for fireplaces, fire pits. And that's going to be, that's going to be going off your location. That's going but off my location. And but you then, are, you are in f both in Texas, which is interesting. Yeah. And right? then, Isn't he from Texas? Yes. And then the third mm -hmm. one is us fireside. Now, if you actually oh type in fireside podcast or mm -hmm. podcasting, then it's just page after page after page of fireside and um and it's it's weird uh so it's impossible to not find fireside if you chose to search for it or so chose to search for it with the word podcast so yeah without without sounding you know uh, uh, however um anybody who works for him with him whatever you, you comes across your desk there's going to be a thing i don't know it seems like kind of thing you'd look up Especially if it was going to be, and I haven't read this article, but I assume if it's a Mark Cuban thing, it's probably going to be fairly public and fairly, um, you know, funded one way or another. Apparently it hasn't launched yet and it's in some kind of an early stage situation, but... Um, it's a cool logo. It's kind of like Airbnb. Yeah, thanks. Meets a fire, but it's also... No, I just think it's cool. I like, and, and, But with a um, like an iOS it? radio button. What I gotta set aside? I gotta set aside all my all my all my judgment. I'd like you to. Friends? I'd like you to. Um, One more person asked me to be another person's surrogate lawyer. I swear to God, I'm gonna lose my mind. Um, um, hi. What is gonna happen? I well, I really don't know. Are you no like like jokes have left the room? Um, are you? This must be frustrating for you to learn about this. Yeah, but at least at least all of the publications that are talking about it are quote uh, you know asking me for statements or quoting me or whatever right. I'm, they're, I'm they're not aware just... of your provenance with that word i discovered that a plugin that i use for mailplane is going to be updated and it will help me get to inbox zero which is nice <laughs> okay. oh no excuse me i think it'll reward me for <laughs> inbox zero i, I read this yesterday would, that was the first thing i thought i'm like merlin will understand <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I'm in a different boat. I you can't put enough mileage between me and that phrase at this point. Um, 
<laughs> you guys, you guys have fun. <laughs> yeah, as Roderick might say, you you two bears can fight over that salmon. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, that must be incredibly frustrating. And um, yeah, so let's talk more about that. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So is, is this going to have to be a thing? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be a thing. I think oh, we're boy. talking oh, boy. to lawyers and stuff. Oh so no! Don't we'll really. Yeah, you have to. Uh, you have to. Okay, I guess. I don't know, man. You have to. Oof. You know what they say about the legal system? You go in as a sausage and you come out as smaller sausages. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> That was Churchill that said that in one of his fireside talks. <laughs> yeah, that's Quoting his... Mark Twain. Yeah. So that's, um, damn, Dan. This mm. just happened recently, I assume, yes? Yeah, like yesterday. Oh, yesterday, Monday the 8th. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Of February, it's, 2021. I, you know, as I say to, to my lady friend, my very special lady friend, uh, who I consider my wife, my, mm. I, I say this to her many times a week. There's a reason I'm not in the corner office. I, I call her Madeline. I call you Dan. I say, Dan, there's a reason I'm not in the corner office. Mm. There's so many reasons. Because I just, I don't understand the economy. I don't understand rich people. There's so many things I don't understand. And I, I, I like to think that I understand the basic motivations that people have, mainly fear and anger. Mm. But like, I, I, it's in a case like this, my gut check would be, well, are they pot committed to that name? I'm sure not, that, but... Well, here's why I say that. Because so your name means a lot to you. It's what you've been building, and it's important. I mean, when I say small, I mean, you're not Spotify or whatever, mm. or Libsyn. Like, you're right. you're a smaller, you know, you're what uh, David Siegel might call a boutique shop. Like, you're, you know... And he's, he's a big operator, big roller, uh, swinging a lot of lumber, um, right. drawing have, a lot have, of water. We have thousands of customers, not tens or hundreds of thousands of customers, so... Well, I just mean it in the sense that, of but there's that a is reason. Small. Well, there's a reason he didn't call it Coke, Dan. <laughs> He's familiar enough with some things that he would go. That sounds a lot like the thing that we sell at our basketball game, and they go, "Oh yeah, that's right. We shouldn't call it Coke because it's already Coke." I don't think they were deliberately wheezing your juice unless I'm missing something. I don't know. I'm not an attorney. I wouldn't want to be one. No. But uh, your name means a lot to you, and I w- arguably it means more to. And let's stop saying this in terms of him and, and, and equals equals company. Like the fireside.fm name means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you've built up equity with that. Yeah. Fireside. Whatever this is uh, for whatever he's building. I wonder how pot committed he is. Is it something where like they wouldn't want to change the name because they already bought the baseball hats or is it something where there would be wiggle room or, or could they, I see, I shouldn't even talk about this. I'm not a lawyer. Maybe, maybe there's some way to work something out. I hope so. I hope so. Because that would not be fun. Uh, that could burn up a lot of time and money doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I hope uh, hope it works out. All right, all, all right. I'm gonna stay out. But of I can't well. not address. I have to address it. I have to talk about. it. I can't ignore it. You know, talk about it here. I see. I don't know, man. I I I, I have. And I'll save it for another show. But you know. Almost everybody out there who says something like, uh, well, you know, I have legal rights and I could take you to court, that almost always spoken as somebody who's never had to go to court for something because it's so super not fun. No. Well, I didn't didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm, you know, I I don't want to do that. Okay. You I mean, brought I had, it up. I, I had to talk you brought to it up, lawyer. but I'm just trying to. I'm. I'm. I just. I'm asking questions about what what the plan is because it's really hard to fight a prolonged legal, legal battle battle with a billionaire. It would be another thing <laughs> if it was Mr. Wonderful or uh, Robert <laughs> or Damon. I mean, you know. I know. I, I brought a. I brought. I brought a pink one for you. Okay, so. <laughs> you know, it's a good you know show. It's more, a fun show. Eh, yeah, it is. It's a. It's a hate watch. The. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a funny thing. Um, mm, you know what they say in marketing? If it's for women, make it pink and small. That used to be that used to be what they'd say. Mm, Avon, mm-hmm. Bing Bong, Avon calling. <laughs> Not weird. <laughs> oh, we had so much Avon. One of my most beloved possessions. Somebody's probably already googling it. Uh, I used to get little gifts because uh, you know it was multi-level marketing for you know white Ohioans, you know, in the seventies and. Um, yeah, I had many, many gifts and things around the house from Avon. And one of them was this cute little raccoon mm. that would float in the bathtub on his back. Oh. I've probably mentioned this before. This might be my my uh, rosebud. And there's a little spot in his tummy where there used to be a soap. And now I used all the soap, but I still enjoy the raccoon. That's, that's a lesson for life, and it's really one to grow on. 
I my favorite thing, Avon had a chapstick that was inside of a ghost. Oh, and the cool. Ghost glowed in they the dark. They had the best packaging. They were so ahead of the curve on this. So Years cool. later, you go to the zoo and your kid wants a, an orange drink and a, and a plastic orange. You know, well, they used to, that was their whole deal. It was like you could get a shampoo that looks like a princess, that kind of thing. I found a picture of the Avon ghost. Hold on, I'm going to. Okay, um, I'm looking for my raccoon. Yeah, I'll send this I guy know I've looked you. it up before a million years ago. I oh feel my like God, he's so We're going to fight over which of these guy. we use as show art for today. Oh, no, no, no. My memories are not for sale. Oh, look how cute he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's adorable. Uh, oh, I like your ghost. Mm -hmm. Wow. And they call him Gilroy, huh? Mm, I guess. Gilroy's where the garlic festival is in California. At least it used to be. Look at that boy. Look how cute he is. He's on he lays on his back and he has, has uh, oh, I love tummy. it. I love it. Um okay. And then you had you what was there? I have another thing for you here. You Give wanted it to, to talk about George Harrison. And then I, I have a lot I want to talk about. Well, I don't need to talk about George Harrison. Let's talk about your thing because that no, was just a neat story. No, because then if you check the notes, I also I have something to add to that that gives you a turns out and, and a page two. Oh, I got a Paul Harvey for you. I oh, look at yeah. that little soap guy. That's what I'm saying. Look, isn't he sweet? He's very cute. And he's, he's on his back. He he always stays on his back. All right. So let me read this story. Cal this is a post by Calvin Betton. Calv Betton at Calv Betton on Twitter, who says, anyone in doubt about who the coolest Beatle was? I heard this story about George Harrison from Phil Collins years ago, and I was reminded of it on a podcast recently. It's brilliant. <laughs> Enjoy. So I will just read this. When Phil Collins was 19 and doing some session drumming, he got a call from, contact, from a contact saying that George Harrison was looking for someone to play congas on a track on his new solo album, All Things Must Pass, and would Phil be interested? Of course, races to the studio session to play on a track by his hero. He plays congas on the track with George there and Phil Spector producing. A few weeks later, the album comes out and there is no sign of the congas on the track. Phil is gutted but can't do anything <laughs> about it. Twenty years pass without Phil and George crossing paths again. Then randomly, they meet at an event and enjoy a chat. After an hour or so, Phil says to George, I don't know whether you remember, but when I was a kid, I came into the studio on an ATMP session and played congas on a track. But when it was released, the but when the track was released, the congas weren't on the final recording. I've always wondered why. <laughs> Any ideas? George replies that he has no recollection at all of the day, but says it was most likely Phil Spector who didn't like the sound and took it off. But he does mention that he still has the master tapes from the whole session, and if Phil would like, he can send them to him so he can hear the congas. Phil, of course, How says, nice is that? Isn't that a lovely thing? <laughs> yes, it's generous. Phil says, of course, he would love to. About three weeks later, Phil receives a large package, and it's the master <laughs> tapes from the session sent by George. He plays it, and the congas are on there sounding absolutely terrible, unlistenable. Phil is devastated. To make it worse, at the end of the recording, quite clearly, George can be heard saying to Phil Spector, get rid of the lad on the congas. He's crap. Phil calls up George after to thank him. He asks George if he listens to him before sending. George says no, he didn't have the time. Phil tells George how bad it was and also tells him that it was indeed George who had the congas removed and also said the lad playing them was crap. George says, oh, S-H-I-T, I'm sorry, man. What can I say? Phil takes it on the chin, and they talk about something else. After a few minutes, George starts cracking up in fits of laughter. Phil asks him what he's laughing at, and George says, Those tapes I sent you, they're not the real sessions. I wanted to get you going, so I hired a band to come in last week to re-record the whole song with me, and I deliberately played the worst congas imaginable and said at the end the lad on the congas was useless just so I could send them to you. I wish I could have seen your face. I'll send you the real sessions now. You sounded great. Listen to oh. this. He took a whole day out of his schedule, hired a band just, just to get Phil Collins. Can you believe? Oh that? my God! Oh That's my so God. great. As they used to say over there, winding him up. Oh my! That God. is so funny. You know, I used to thought it was so weird when <laughs> I would first see movies where he had a, like a production credit, mm -hmm. like Monty Python movies, and um, I want to say probably the Ruddles. It always seems so strange. Like George, that's huh? He's the quiet one who like meditates, but he had a great sense of humor. He's a very funny guy. So good. Uh, I've really come back around to Phil Collins. And the thing I wanted to add, because it was so funny when you said that, you know, how synapses sort of light up without, you know, I was like, hmm, why does it light up my synapses? <laughs> and I remembered it's because Phil Collins is an extra in A Hard Day's Night. He is? Yeah, click that link. Phil, uh, so you can see him in the audience. He's already losing his hair. Um, oh, look at that. Like, yeah, oh, my gosh. Think, isn't that wild that yes. he's in the audience? yes. So you get back to work.limo and look for numbers and uh, you can see what's going on with our program. Yeah. Um, 
He can feel it coming in the air tonight. I like Phil Collins. Look how cute he is. <clears throat> Dan, would you please tell me about something you like? I'd love to tell you about Bespoke Post. Oh, you know, the, oh my goodness. What I happened? Just my sights. I'm hitting to the side of the bell. I'm, my goodness, nice grouping. Uh, Bespoke Post. I, I had a very good experience with Bespoke Post. I also did. They And they have done it again this winter. They've got an all new lineup. What they do is they have this, this thing called the <laughs> Essential Box of awesome. It's a collection for guys. It's guaranteed to upgrade your life. They have so many awesome, awesome things in there. And it's really awesome to get something like this or to send something like this to a, to a friend or to your spouse, significant other. Yeah, they if you need like a gift idea, like yeah. they have a lot of just really cool stuff for like, a, you know, for just, I think most dudes would enjoy it. I love this stuff. And what they do is it's only the best stuff. They send it out every every month. It doesn't matter what you're into. They've got something from style and grooming or barware or cooking tools or outdoor gear. The Box of Awesome has collections for like every single part of your life. I got, I forget what the name of this one was, but I've been really just into like steaks and barbecue and stuff like that. And <gasps> I bet you got the one I did. What did you get? Uh, a really super nice knife and fork for Yes, carving. yes. That's exactly what I got. I've and been it, looking for opportunities. I've been changing the way I cook for the last week so I have opportunities to use it. <laughs> right. Like I'm terrified of ruining it. <laughs> I needed this so much. I'm hard on knives and I, I do have one fillet knife that I try to keep sort of like the good scissors that we use for spatchcocking the chicken. Like you leave these where they're not going to get used for crafts so mm -hmm, much. Mm -hmm. Um this thing is amazing. It's so beautifully balanced and easy to hold. And and if you know a little, just a little bit of knife technique, you know, let the knife do the work. You're pushing down and then back. It's a joy to use, and that is a sharp ass fork. Oh yes, I loved it. It's and sharp it, and it's sturdy. I could, I feel like with two of those, I could, I could uh, Tom Cruise my way up, uh, <laughs> you know, a Burkina Faso building. The weird thing about it is, like, I really want to use it, but then every time I'm using it, I'm like, I don't want to hurt it because it's, it's too so nice. nice. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, so what they what you do is you go to boxofawesome.com. And then there's a little quiz and you answer the questions in the quiz and that helps them pick the right box of awesome for you. And they have a new box every month across all of these different categories. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month if you want. You can cancel any time if you want. And each box costs only 45 bucks, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. And they're giving our listeners, Merlin, 20% off their first monthly box when you go and sign up. So the URL again, it is box of awesome.com and enter the code back to work one word at checkout and you'll get your 20% off. And uh, this is such a fun, it's so fun. I'll tell you what, like it's, we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. We can't shop. We can't. And now they're like doing it for you. And it's like a little gift. It's a self-care thing. It's fun. Box of awesome.com yeah. back to work. We'll get you 20% off. And uh, thanks very much to box of awesome at bespoke post for making this show possible. Thanks box of awesome. Buck, buck. Don't use it for crafts. No. I'm starting to think we need like, <clears throat> I don't know, like my, uh, you know, Half-Life War Boys. I need to start getting some kind of stamp tattoo scar scarification. Something on the things that are not to be used for the thing that's not the thing that I use it for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now that, talking about Merriam-Webster defines, I need a name for that. Here's the thing. These are the scissors that mom uses, the shears, the fancy, fancy shears that dad got for mom for Christmas for spatchcocking. Mm -hmm. If you're going to spatchcock, you're going to want some serious shears. And they are sturdy and they're also sharp enough that they'll, they'll cut the crap out of your finger. Mm -hmm. Don't use that for crafts and don't use daddy's special knife and Game of Thrones fork. Please, that's not for crafts. It's for me, climbing a building. Burkina Faso, what am I thinking of? What's the building one? I like that one. The one with the two rooms and Hawkeyes in it? What, what, which one is that? Which one is that? Todd, which one is it? Which one is it? Which is the one where they have the two hotel rooms and they got to get into the system and Benji's there and he's, he's, he's on the comm and I'm in. And then and Tom Cruise has to go outside the building and he swings around. What, which one is that? Which one is that? Is that Ghost Protocol? Is that the one with the guy from the Joy Division movie? Which one am I thinking of? <laughs> You're, I, I don't know now. I'm the lady, and there's the lady who fights and kicks. The pretty lady, she's in it. It's not the one with the nuclear, or as you say, nuclear. <laughs> Burj Khalifa? Is that how you say it? DJ Khaled? Am I saying the right thing? I don't. Well, you're saying words that mean things, but <clears throat> have you seen I the Mission know. Impossible movies? Have you seen the Mission Impossible movies? They're very, very good. I love all of them. I'm obsessed with them, and I can't wait for the new one. I, I want to say Burj Khalifa, but I don't know how you get the rights to that. 
See, now that's one of those, like an internet word, where I have no idea how even, even, I think any way I would try to even Google how to spell that would be racist. I have no idea how to even look that up. Mission Impossible. And you know, he does his own stunts. I don't know if you ever heard that. Yeah, there's amazing extras on. <gasps> I know, I know. Where they when show him on the side of the, on the plane. plane. Oh my God. That's insane. The I love that. Uh, and each day I watched that with with my boy, and and uh-huh. and I didn't realize that he had done that stunt. Well, I he really, really it did screen. it. And he did it. He yeah. he actually yeah. Well, and you see, they they sweeten it up just the tiniest bit. Well, like like everything. Of course, you have to like. Ugh, we need to get over this whole CGI thing because um, it's remarkable. Yeah, no, he does it all. And I, I mean, I've heard people talk about this, and my sense is, I think we've had this conversation, but the sense that I get is that when, when they they kind of we have totally talked about this. Unlike saying, okay, we bought a script and now let's figure out how to cast it and da 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 my sense is that they start with a director. They take a director plus whatever Tom Cruise is good at right now. Mm-hmm. And that they build the same way that you would begin with some kind of like, I don't know, skiing, clown knees in a bathtub, la la la. However you do this for a Bond film, a lot of skiing. You get the big, the big stunt. And my sense is they start with, well, Tom's into motorcycles as usual. Tom's into climbing these kinds of things now. And so they build, they start with what's, what are the big stunt pieces going to be? And then something, something story. And it works. It works fine. You can't actually use a woodwind as a rifle. I have to be honest with you. I'm pretty <laughs> sure <laughs> that is such a great set piece. Because the whole like sort of implied, uh, uh, what's the phrase for this that I can use? Where you've got three different people that might be shooting the same thing, might be shooting each other. You know, kind of a good, the bad, and the ugly type situation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name for and, it. Is uh, it a, name? a standoff? Yeah, exactly. A North American standoff. Mm-hmm. And um, the um, and what was I going to say about that? I was going to say about that. Uh, oh, it's also the one with Henry Cavill where they jump out of the plane. That's a really good one too. Um, but as far oh Ness and Dorma, that's what they're singing. They're singing that song Ness and Dorma, which is a beautiful piece. I think it means uh, Good Night Moon. <laughs> good night Moon. Good night. Good night Spoon. Good night. Cow jumping over the moon. Good night, cruise. Good night, views. Uh, good night, uh, Benji from the boys. Um, hi, Burj Khalifa. B U R J K H A L I F A means Khalifa Tower. Burj Khalifa. Say it. Burj Khalifa. <laughs> it feels good, right? Are you troll? Is this a troll? <clears throat> Am I doing something I don't understand? Do you want, shall I put it? I'll just put it in notes. So I don't have to send it to you. Yeah, don't I almost sent you a picture of a dog in, in rain boots, but luckily I did send it to my wife, so I think we are probably good. Okay, all right. I can't make shortcuts stick with the share button in Safari, and it's making me crazy. I got a lot going on right now, Dan. I got a lot. I'm Burj Khalifa. I'm putting it in notes. You can click it there. You can see the the uh, the climbing man on the side there. I'll put it up in your uh, messages too. Um, let's see. Here you go. Anyway, I think that's very impressive. You know, give the people what they want. Play the hits. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Who's texting me? My daughter's texting me. Uh oh. That's okay. Burge Sending me Khalifa. pictures of Burge Khalifa. Doesn't that feel good to say? It's got a nice mouthfeel. Burge. Bar- repelling. Repelling Burge. <clears throat> Burj Khalifa. Burj Khalifa. Red leather, yellow leather. It is prominently featured as a location in the fourth Mission Impossible film, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, for the role of Ethan Hunt. Actor Tom Cruise did his own stunts, including rappelling, rappelling mm-hmm. down, running on, climbing and, quote unquote, flying around on a rope. We'll give that a second pass. Uh, Cruise almost got injured, slamming into the side of the building. Well, pff, I'm almost six feet tall. <laughs> Since I say almost. Um, I have, I got just a handful of things here. Um, What did I want to talk about? Uh, This, this is a classic Merlin where this feels like these things are related and they're probably not. Okay. May I jump in? Yes, go for it. (sighs) Woo. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Are you drinking water? Make sure you drink water. You know, I'm mostly just drinking the 365 lime sparkling waters now. And it, I don't mm. understand. You know, when they say that you're when you're hydrating, you're supposed to drink just water, but I can't. Yeah. I just get. Yeah, eh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I could, I don't understand why that is. Am I getting too much CO2? Is that it? From the bubbles, you think? I, that's that's bad thing. for your teeth. No, they say that it 
if it doesn't matter for hydration whether it's carbonated or not. It seems like it shouldn't. I mean, water's water. Well, I rewatched you know? both Goodfellas and the film this weekend. I just want to mention that. Just oh, you did a double weekend. Scorsese or Scorsese, as I call him? Yes. Huh, huh. So good. That's a hell of a movie. So good. I'm stirring it. I'm stirring it. It was out of respect. Um, I see something different every time. I know. I Well, and it's... it's right, so I, I, this is off of my topics, but just super quickly in passing. I've been doing camera things lately. Um just because it's the thing I'm doing. Things with stills, things with video, um, lighting. There's a lot that I've been working on. And you know how it is when you do a, a dive into something. It's sort of like when you play Tetris too much and you start seeing, you know, uh, squares everywhere or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're thinking, a lot, when, I'm, when I have been thinking a lot about relearning photography, which means basically going all the way back to the, just the, the basics of using a 35 millimeter still DSLR mostly, right? right yeah. Because all the other stuff is really, it's it's a lot of, you know, fancy sconces if you don't know the basics of how light creates an image. And I've forgotten almost all of that. So I don't, I had to relearn my TVs and my AVs and my ISOs and my WBs mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Yep. And it's been real interesting and fun. And of all the this has been a big project for me. It's a big thing I've been working on. And so there's, there's been a lot of fair amount of expense, a fair amount of, fair amount, huge amount of time spent on this. I now have a hair light, which has changed everything. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, um, then I made myself go back and use my 12, 15 year old, however old my 7D is. My 7D with my cheapy 50, 50 millimeter lens. Just walk around and I'm going to relearn how, what, you know, it doesn't cost me anything. This isn't a role that I have to drop off at Eckerd's. Like this is, I can just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. I can shoot in raw, who cares? And just re really relearn how all of this works and remember that, oh man, crank that I am, um, crank that all the way down to the 1.8 or 1.4 if you've got it and you're going to get this beautiful depth of field and all that kind of stuff. But you know how it is, when you start doing that, then you get obsessed with that. So now, now, I mean, it's like, you know, when you have a kid and you watch Disney movies in a whole new way with a kid, now for me, I go back and I watch something like I go back and I watch a movie and I'm just like, this is the most astonishing looking thing I've ever seen. Wait, what was the one we we're just talking about? Oh, um, Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. I mean, setting aside even that Warner, like the, you know, the very famous shot, just every shot in that film is so beautiful and so composed. And I'm sitting here trying to get like a decent sharp shot of something where most things are, you know, in focus or not or lit right. I don't know. It just blows me away to watch that. I, uh, it's, I think a neat thing about letting yourself be an amateur again is how much you can really reappreciate. Oh, that's a great point. You could, you, I mean, you could call it a, a beginner's mind thing, but I don't think you need to. I, it's more a way of saying like now when I watch, I just appreciate so much more about like the DPs and cinematographers and like what they do to choose which lens and which lighting for this effect where you would never, you know, you can just enjoy a movie and never think about stuff like that. Absolutely. Until you start thinking about how to, um, in my case, implement um, three and four point lighting and realizing that when you're doing just one point with a key light, like how, what you can do with shadows in this noirish way and with these two can be more harsh and do you want everything to be very much like equally lit and in focus? Well, not really, because then it's going to seem flat. And I don't know, I just think it's neat to be able to say, like, I'm going to quit acting like I know everything and I'm just going to relearn something because I want to be better at it, but also because I just want to reappreciate it. And there's a thing going around yesterday, like uh, among the Joe Steeles and Todds of the world. Did you see the, well, I know you're not a, a Ted Lasso watcher, but. Not yet, the, the I'm saving it, but I will be soon. Um, it's a, basically a, a clip reel for a company that uh, did VFX on it. And it, a la Fincher. Um, you, you have no idea. You know, Fincher, did you ever see that YouTube video about how Fincher, the, any of those videos about how he uses VFX and CG? I haven't seen, like, oh, you know what? I, there's more, there's more effects shots in, yes, if I, I correctly. have seen that. Yeah. I'll put it in notes. I made a list of these. Um, yeah, but there's more VFX shots, setups and shots in, um, I believe in the social network than there is in, what was it like, like King Kong or something? And then, so this reel going around, I'll find this too. I'm going to say Ted Leo, and I'm going to say Fincher. Um, that shows you how they do the VFX in Ted Leo, which in this case was like, I think at, it was at some point 
it could not have been during the pandemic. But anyway, how they created this uh, stadium, how they put these people in the seats. And if you've ever seen those kind of VFX breakdowns where they just drop it in really quickly a layer at a time, where first you see like an outline and then you see like rough looking people and then better looking people. And then the final one is like haze and shade or fog or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you watch this and you're like, you're paying so much attention to funny Jason Sudeikis, man. You just don't realize how much of that is is completely just stuff that people have put on a green screen. And it looks terrific. I will put it in notes. Back to work at limo. Yeah, go be an amateur. It's a fun thing to be. We had, uh, I think I think the Bespoke Post is, is more than enough the one sponsor this week. Is that correct? That's it. That's all we got. Just them. They're carrying the whole show. The burden of the whole show is upon them. Okay. I I don't want to go on. Um, I want to hear it, though. There used to be a thing on Max called Location Manager. Mm. Um, was oh, at least- yes. I remember that. So the, if you had like a laptop, you could have like a home mm-hmm. location. You could have a work location. You could have a, a nomadic location. You can still do that in mm-hmm. network settings. But as far as I know, there is no, you know, <laughs> there is no friendly consumer user-facing way to automate things based on location out of the box on a Mac right now. And listen, you know, just to, to try to hear my point, like hear what I'm what I'm trying to say, not what you're wanting to hear. I know there are there are there can be ways to do this. I just want to open by saying I liked that because I was a laptop user very heavily in ninety nine two thousand especially, um, and I did I would go between you know two different workplaces and home place and um, and so basically there was just several several things that had a it was a, this was up through nine at least I don't know if it was in ten. Um, or X, as you say. But it was pretty cool. It was, it was fairly powerful. At the most basic level, you could say, do these kinds of things at this location, right? Um, and I've been needing that uh, because I have a laptop and I take it between two different places. And because I'm a weirdo, I do things with, um, you know, st- static IPs and port forwarding. Where like, for example, let me give you an example of this. So let's say I, take, I got my fancy, cool laptop. And mm-hmm. when I'm using that at work, or as I say, the office, it's usually on Wi-Fi, sometimes on Ethernet, usually going through a um, hub, like mm-hmm. a Lightning 3 hub. And I want that to use this port number for remote management. But then when I'm at home, it's all different. I still want it to be remote manageable, but I might want to do things like say, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot I would like to be different between those two places. And so that's that's frustrating because I guess, you know, if I wanted to be lazy about that, I could, like one of my, so you know the different the different numbering systems is the 192.168, sometimes one, sometimes seven, sometimes it's 10 dot whatever. Well, I even have two different systems at those two places. So I couldn't even, do you follow? It's not as yes. simple as saying, always be 192.168.1.185 or whatever. It differs. And I, and I wanted more control over that and I was frustrated. So... I asked about this in a, in a Slack, and I believe I'm almost positive it was Jason Snell told me about this app. Um, so in notes, you'll see this thing, Control Plane. Have you ever seen this? I'm looking at it now. <clears throat> no, I have. I don't think I've ever seen this. So hang on, let me- Control actually, gonna... Plane. So this is such a clever app. Now, bad news first. Um, the bad news is that he's, I believe the guy who does this, and this is on GitHub. It's just mm-hmm. a free app. Free as in free. Now it um, looks like you can get it from controlplaneapp.com also. Well, that, it's going to lead you back just, here. It just yeah, takes yeah. you back no, to No, no, it still exists. I'm using it right okay. now, as I'm about to tell you. I'm using it right now. Um, but, I mean, I can't promise it'll always work. And I think he is looking for somebody, people to contribute, but mostly take, take over. Take it over, yeah. But it's just such a clever app. And here's what, it, here's how it works. Uh, control plane. Uh, it lives as a uh, um, menu item. What do we call it these days? What's it called up there? A menu thing. And um, and basically, it just notices things. And in this case, it has what are called evidence sources. So you can go in and tick off any of these, turn on or off any of these approximately 20 different sources of evidence. Sources of evidence for what? Well, pretty much you name it. Sources of evidence for, first of all, above all else, where, where am I right now? Where, where, where am I as a computer, right? Um, Because you could do stuff like location and things like that, but it gets way better than that. 
Um, I mean, so it used to be, I believe, in loca- Location Manager. I don't know how it was working, but it, w- it would use some way to determine. Did it come up with lat long? How did it work on Location Manager? I am trying to remember that. I, I don't recall if it knew, if you said it, if you had to manually twi- tweak it. <laughs> I, in my case though, so here's my challenge. As I've said before, is that my, my house and my office are very close to each other and geolocation is frequently very freaked out by trying to figure out where I am. So it's kind of ironic that the best way to determine location is probably not location, right? Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Well, if I'm mean? close enough with, with three throws, I could hit my house with a tennis ball if I had a you know, slightly better arm. What about this? Uh, let's go with a real obvious one. Um, how do I know where I am? How do I know what I should be doing? Well, what IP address have you been assigned? Oh, okay, that's really helpful. So if I do have like, you know, a uh, static IP f- mm-hmm. for this box, that's pretty cool. Here's a crazy one. Um, it's going to scan and it's going to notice you have an Eero or you have some, you have a Wi-Fi, there's a Wi-Fi access point here called that, called Dan Benjamin. Like mm-hmm. when I'm attached to that, that means I'm at this place. But how about this? Do you see what the Wi-Fi network is called A, B, C, and D? So like if my next door neighbor has one called um, London Calling, it can say, if I, if I see London Calling, that's an indication to me that I'm at house, not office. You with me so far? Yes. There's so much more of this. There's all kinds of time of day, um, what applications are running. But get this, MAC addresses. So if I'm at the office and I'm attached to my CalDigit Lightning 3 hub that's identical to the one I have at home, mm-hmm. it knows the difference between them. It knows that when I'm, because of, I think, I don't know if it's because of MAC address, but it knows that this CalDigit is at the place called office and that one is at the place called house. Right. So I think that's really clever. Now that by itself, I think, you know, Diana, that's, that, that's cool. That's really cool that you could just say, Hey, when I'm on this IP address change, and then, you know, so, so let me get to part three. Part three is now that I can do things based upon knowing where I am. Mm-hmm. So I switch, like I have three pull downs in network um, settings, right? Automatic house and office. So I want to say to it, Hey, when you're at house, go t- turn on house office, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Not just that, you know, other things too. Now, what's the crazy second part of this? You have sources, you have contexts, which are the places. You have evidence sources, which we how we figure it out. And then you have rules. Now, what does that mean? You get to assign a confidence level to each one of the things that you have identified as a source of evidence. If I'm on this, I, if I'm on this IP address, I feel, let's say, 61% certain that I'm at this place. If I'm if it's this time of day, I'm 30% confident. Are you with me so far? Yes. If I have this IP address, I'm this confident. If, if there's a bonjour network that locates this named Eero, mm-hmm. uh-huh, what about this Wi-Fi BSS ID? You assign a percentage on a slider from zero to 100 for each one of those things. So even if, let's say you, have, you might have 10 of these and like eight of them could be identical, where you say like, oh, I'm in San Francisco, I'm on a Mac, I'm, you know, whatever. Right. But then you say, but if you can sniff this particular access point at this time of day, times the donuts, I'm 80% sure that's where it's going to be. And then it just works in the background. And then it has things like actions. So the rules are how it decides. And the actions, it'll, for example, mount the correct Synology via oh, SMB. Oh, that's amazing. See, I would, that was, it was funny. I was just thinking about that kind of thing because, as you know, I have a laptop here. Yeah, exactly. And like and whenever I'm in the complain, office. It's I, great, but it's frustrating. Right. Yeah. I, always want, I always want the Synology that's here mounted. I always want the you know, machine that I use to record the podcast on. And I want the Windows machine, which I do the video stuff with. I want all those to just mount their drives when I'm here. And then when I get home, of course, they don't exist. So, you know, yeah. maybe unmount them, but mount the Synology at exactly. home, of course. Pre- precisely so. So I would encourage you to go check this out. Like I say, I doubt it's going to be around forever. Um, but boy, I, this is one of those things. Here's the ironic part of this in some ways. I've just said all these different parts, right? A context is like a location or a, you know, a this means this. <laughs> there are sources of evidence. There are rules. Actions are the thing I have done the least with, but the thing I needed the most, which is this. Of all of that great stuff I just mentioned, the one I really need the most is when I'm on this Eero or like when I'm near this Eero network, set everything to house. When I'm near this Eero network, set it to office. That's really all I need. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad all the other stuff is there. And if you're anybody who does any of this, I would really recommend checking it out. 
But it is, but I say it's ironic just because the thing I needed the most was this really sim seemingly simple thing. The way I arrived at that is through this, I think, quite robust and powerful and intelligent app. I mean, when's the last time you saw something with a slider for level of confidence? That's my dream. Uh -huh. Like I used, to, I used to think a lot about Cheryl Teagues, and now I think about the ability to understand things on an axis. She was, a, she was, a, we called, called her a supermodel. Yeah, uh, that's called uh, Control Plane, and that's the name of that tune. Mm -hmm. um, check it out; it's really neat. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I could, I could stop here. I could go more. I do have a few things I just wanted to. <clears throat> See, I'm not going to bitch. You. Um, and, but I did want to, I wanted to talk about something I'm very excited about, but it's something that also really kind of makes me scratch my head and think a little bit. Okay. So you're on a Synology. Mm -hmm. I got the one that you told me to get when I maxed out the drives in it. And oh, then I have one that our, one of our lovely listeners sent me. That's a tiny little Synology, right. two drive Synology, an, an old one, but it does the job and it, it, it I yeah. love it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. You know, at at a certain end, it's rough if you're trying to do like very heavy, like encoding and decoding of video. Like that takes a lot of power. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing what it's nominally for, which is having, you know, redundant network storage that can grow. Right. I mean, there's, yeah, are there's, there a lot of people that are have it like? I don't even know if this is this is how ignorant I am of what Synology can actually do. But it, mm -hmm. are there are there people who are connecting it directly to a computer and using it as if it were an external hard drive, or is it always a networked NAS prod product? I imagine. I, I imagine there are people who are using it as basically you know like a little C like a local with an RJ forty five probably. Right, right, right. But um, the thing is though, like you start out, there's plenty of value to be derived, and really, as I always like to say, in terms of disclosure or suggestion. Get somebody who knows what they're doing before you spend anything on this. Mm -hmm. It's there's really costly mistakes to be made, um, and the most confusing part of this is before you own it. Like when you, their site is extremely good, and the configurator that lets you see how many drives you're going to want and that kind of it's all great, but it's there's there are multi hundred dollar mistakes to be made by not understanding what you thought this would do. You go, ooh, this one can do, you know, one thousand email accounts and this one can do 1 million email accounts and you're like well it doesn't matter because this one uses a different kind of cash that's going to really screw you up and did you really buy this for email accounts right like, right, they, right that's what they're that's what they're selling it for but that's not what most of us i'm like now i'm getting into docker so you know the end is near oh boy um but um so uh, this is really rambling can i just talk for a little bit and then you can leave yeah go ahead colin all right thank you uh first time home bridge <laughs> um, I've heard about Homebridge for a long time. I really, I love home automation. I've, I'm not, I have not historically been a big fan of HomeKit. Just from a functionality standpoint, HomeKit can really fall down in a lot of ways. What it buys you for simplicity, you lose in a lot of other ways. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here. Where, where I may end up in a few minutes is, where I may end up in a few minutes is, People like Gruber and a lot of us used to say, well, you know, Twitter, Twitter apps are the playground of iOS. Like, that's where you would see some of the most interesting and innovative, you know, Lauren Bircher type stuff often began in a third-party Twitter app. Um, and then I think over time, maybe to-do apps have become sort of the playground, but where people are trying interesting things, trying to make things beautiful and functional, and really trying to push the limits of what you can accomplish with this handheld device. And I don't want to end on this in a few minutes, but I kind of can't, every time I open any email app on iOS mm -hmm. and I look at it alongside, I look at what's being done with email apps versus what is being done with things like HomeKit apps, mm. I almost want to cry. <laughs> Gmail is so ugly. It's, they got like dark mode like, like three hours ago. It's like, there's all <laughs> kinds of things about it that are so retrograde. I get it. It's, you know, whatever. But like, you, I, we still have to use email and it's still not almost none of these apps that I trust will do the most basic things that I want, mm -hmm. such as get rid of every email on this page with one swipe. You can't even like with Gmail, you can't even, getting your email out of your inbox on a handheld like an iOS iPhone. It's insane. This is the craziest, the craziest thing in the world. It's like making me cook my rice one grain at a time. It's nuts. No, the rice is bad. Make it go away. 
But isn't that wild? Isn't it? That's where I may end up is like, I'm about to talk about some apps and some things that are so exciting, some experimental, some very straightforward. Mm-hmm. But it's so wild to me that in the year of our Lord, 2021, email is still, email apps, I mean, email itself sucks, but email apps are still such a garbage fire of trying to please everyone and no one. Mm-hmm. So many, so, but then I open up something like Home Dash or Home Plus. I open up an app like that and it's just, it's a gorgeous like revelation. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So one way I've been, I'm so dumb, Dan, you know, one, we, the way we were friends before we were friends is me doing your tutorials on how to install <laughs> my sequel on a Mac right. in the way that you like to do it and yeah. copying and pasting into the terminal. And so, you know, we go a long way, way back with stuff like that. Like I said, even before we knew each other. Yeah. Um, but I'm really, if, as with photography, if I'm not doing it often, I forget it all. So I've been trying to look into stuff like Home, Homebridge and Hoobs, mm-hmm. which are these open source hardware, as I understand it, open source hardware and software projects that allow you to, to extend what, what is possible with, with HomeKit through things like Raspberry Pi, through things like Synology. I don't precisely understand it, but there's this whole sort of platform called Homebridge that I don't know how they get the secret sauce, but they find a way through these. There's this basic core of things, a core of uh, functionality, and there's plugins. It's very, you know, open source sort of idea. So if you, so you have no problem, let's say, getting your, um, getting your Eufy camera or your Eve um, hygrometer or your Hue lights, no problem getting that on HomeKit. Mm-hmm. Because it all is part of like works with HomeKit. But like, what if you wanted a way to control your Roomba or your Ring alarm system or your LG TV or any of these other things, your Dyson fan? Like, what if you wanted a way to deal with all this stuff that was not currently HomeKit compliant? And that's where HomeBridge comes in. Have you played with HomeBridge at all? Not at all. I have nothing yet to do it, but I'm excited for being able to do things like that pretty soon. I um, I haven't I haven't had any opportunity to do it. I, I the reason Living I say vicariously is vicariously through you. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad somebody could enjoy it. Uh, I, I think, like I said, I mean, the the, I, the my jumping off point here is that I think HomeKit is a really good and interesting idea. I wish I wish Apple would put a little bit of wood behind that arrow, like Apple TV, which is sort of a you know first cousin. You know, it's it doesn't really feel like something they're putting a huge amount of effort into, which is kind of a bummer because so much stuff is moving into the house literally you know, and figuratively. Um, so I don't know. Setting aside whether HomeKit or Home uh, uh, HomeBridge is like, oh, should I trust it? Do I want to NPM this thing? Like whatever. Let's just leave that aside for a minute. I've struggled to get it running, and like I like I think I said here, I finally popped and bought the Hoobs, which is Home. I think it's called HomeBridge in a box or out of the box. You can get like an actual hardware Raspberry Pi solution that you're supposed to just plug and play. I could not figure out any of it. Then yesterday, I got a wild hair. Literally yesterday, I was mm-hmm. at my office and I read like a one-page thing about how to set this up. So okay, HomePage on, HomeBridge on Synology, grab this .spk, install it. And that's going to go run it right through Docker. It sets everything up for you in Docker. Docker, how do you describe Docker? It's kind of like MAME. It's basically like an operating system and all the stuff you need to run something in one package. How do you describe Docker? No, that's a really, really good explanation of it. it it's it's everything that you, a lot of the all time, the dependencies to run as a thing are in this mountable thing that you can then share. And right, and this it's becoming comes, a popular way to with with the computer, you know, power and hard drive space that we have these days. It's less insane to say like, look, I don't want to have to control all these dependencies. I want this plug and play thing. I can just turn on and have work. Yes, that's very very good way to explain it because on a a Unix system or a Linux system, there are a lot of dependencies, libraries, and other sub systems and applications that are required to get something like that to run. And so, mm-hmm. instead of having to say, "Oh, for example, PostgreSQL," instead of having to go through the entire installation process of PostgreSQL and all the libraries that are required for it and everything else, you could just load a Docker, and boom, there you got Postgres running, and it has everything that it needs. It's self-contained, and when it up needs to be updated, you can just update that one Docker image, and it's completely updated. It's really, really handy, especially on like the server side and, and things like that. But a lot, yeah, Synology they make it here. really easy to grab those containers and yeah. get them set up. Um, once again, if you plan on doing a lot of that, you're going to want a pretty robust uh, Synology because some of these things are pretty hungry. 
But um, I'm, let me just say, say again for the record, I'm, I'm as stupid as the day is long. And there's, if I couldn't figure out hoobs, the fanciest version of hoobs, why would this be any easier? Well, because you just, you basically, you hit the big red button and it gives you all the things you need. It gives you a GUI. You scan a QR code mm -hmm. and you, you, I, I would turn on 2FA for all this stuff. Uh, you scan a QR code and then that basically, you get that uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, that eight digit character to like, or eight digit number to like put into HomeKit. And like now it's all hooked up and you just put in, you add plugins and configure plugins and all that stuff just works. Right. So like, I mean, when I say just works, things like getting a ring alarm to work, or you've got to get a, uh, you got to get a token out of that and make sure it stays updated. But guess what? Once you've done that once, it just takes care of that for you. Mm. There's a little bit to get my Roomba working. I had to do a little bit of mojo with that, but it was really fun. And now I get why everybody talks about Homebridge. I think I put this in notes if you want to look it up. It's available for lots of different stuff. Um, but, you know, I am, I, am, I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer, and I got everything that I wanted up and running. I got Homebridge up and, Homebridge up and running, and everything configured that I want to configure. Oh, my Elgato lights. So these, these lights that I am using for video stuff now is I have four Elgato key lights, which are all controllable. You can control them with a stream deck, but I've really been wanting, wishing they could be on HomeKit. Uh, and now I, I've got that. I can set default, you know, temperature and percentage. And now it also just all resides in HomeKit. So when I bring up the Home app and I go to office mm -hmm. at the a room called desk, I created a group of, of four lights uh, called uh, Elgato lights. There are four lights. There are four. <laughs> and uh, I got a button for that now. And that means now everything that is that is cool and interesting and easy about HomeKit, mm -hmm. now it's all I can bring all of those different things in to play right along. And the, the the clever bears that came up with this, like it all it all looks good. It looks mm -hmm. normal. It all works. If you're just looking at it in that vanilla home app that you have on your devices, and I'm so sorry to say on your Mac, you're uh you've got it going on. But here's also where it gets even more interesting because I, I've been reviving my interest in home automation stuff mm -hmm. for a while. So I've mentioned here, I've mentioned things like Home Dash, I've mentioned things like Home Plus. You can look into things, obviously, like what you can do with Siri shortcuts. But these apps have all come so far. And guess what? Once you got all your crap in HomeKit via um, HomeBridge, guess what? Each wow. one of those home apps suddenly becomes a lot more powerful. And so I want to encourage you for like probably, th what, three of the last four weeks, go check out HomeDash. It's wild. You create these little boards you could create an ad hoc, basically a page. I, I think of it like that panic app, you know, the status app. But oh, yeah. you know, I, go, I have one in my office called Power. I have one that's called Just Lights. I have one that's a page, get this, this costs nothing. I've got a page of nothing but the battery levels of all of my smart home devices. I go to one page and I see everything that might need a recharge or a new battery. Um, and that becomes a lot more powerful if that includes stuff like how powered is my Roomba right now? Mm -hmm. Is the transom above uh, my door uh, on the back door open, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all exposed through these gorgeous apps. Big update this week for the, I think, THE most functional, functional home app, which is called Home Plus. And I would really encourage you all to look at it. It's gotten really smart. And just it's just really smart about like you open it up and it's already made a bunch of smart categories for you. It's colorful. It's beautiful. So many of these apps let you do more with everything in HomeKit. So I get it. You can't. You don't want everything to be in HomeKit, but isn't it nice to know that you could go somewhere? And wasn't there a shareware app at one point called Super Get Info? Kind of yes, long lines there of was files. a super get info. I remember that. <laughs> I was a file buddy man, but the phrase that suddenly came out of my mouth unbidden was super get info. Bare Bones made that. Is that right? Oh, you're probably right. It was done like, looking you go at it and now. Look it was something. discontinued in August 18th of 2009. Not can, 2009? You can still download wow. it. Um, so it's cool that when you, so if you do the long press on a tile in home, the home app, so let's say, for example, you bring up um, just any old, like a, like a hue light. And if it's a, if it's a, if it's a light that'll handle color, you get to change the color. You get to get a little slider that's like the, uh, you know, like the light switch in your mom's dining room in 1981. 
you can do that. And then you can even go down and see stuff like change what room it's in and so forth. But if you super got info on that title, you would see so much more in there. There's so much stuff that is, it's there, but not viewable unless you're using a different app. So something like even Eve, Eve makes Eve, Eve makes great products, but their app is also pretty good. It's very much better than using the home, the Apple home app. But once you get in there and you discover there are all these uh, attributes or characteristics upon which you can make automations. Mm -hmm. So like along the lines, how is this all related? Well, as with control plane, you know, it might surprise you to know that you can detect the state of something and cause something else. In my, let's say in my office, if, it, if the humidity, humidity gets over 52% after 5 p.m., if I'm not here, turn on the humidifier for this long. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot more to this than, you know, turn off lights when I leave office. Which is great. I mean, let's, again, that's some of the most interesting and basic stuff. But what I'm trying to say is like, if you've been, as with, for example, Siri, like I don't blame anybody for giving up on Siri completely years ago. But, you know, it's, I would encourage you to just give it a little try again. I'm going to say that for HomeKit here. If you've, if you've got stuff on HomeKit and you haven't thought a lot about it, or let's be honest, if you're like me, you mostly use the uh, Amazon Dingus because it just is better for a lot of things. I would say have a look at some of these apps and some of these functionalities. You don't need to be as nerdy as to install Homebridge, although it is a pretty fun, low-key hobby uh, project. But I don't know. I guess I guess a couple things. I I'm I am still very intrigued with where all of this stuff is going. I feel like I'm still learning stuff that my HomePod can do every day. I mean, I've got now I've got shortcuts set up that when I get home, I could say, "Hey, Dingus." Say to my HomePod, hey, Dingus, watch live TV. And it'll turn on the TV. It'll turn on the Apple TV. It'll take the Apple TV to Hulu. And it turns on the remote on my phone. So that I can immediately start using it. Um, with the LG, it's easy enough to talk to that. And yes, there's home uh, bridge stuff for the TV. So you could say, like, detect what channel I'm on and send that to this thing. And all that stuff is in there. And it's all, it's you can pull it all out. It's just, once again, though, the second part that's wild is, why is Gmail so ugly and hard to use why do i have to swipe so many things these other that i realize that it's complicated and there's probably a lot at this point not a lot of dough in it mm -hmm. but i i just have to sort of timestamp this moment to say how wild it is that the busted ass world of HomeKit is getting so much love from open and closed source third-party apps and you know users who love the challenge of dealing with that versus this decades-old medium that everybody hates and has mm -hmm. never gotten... I mean, obviously, I should write a book about this. You can't change people, but you can find tools that work for you. It's just so bananas to me that on the most popular premium handheld device in the world, with the most popular email service provider in the world, arguably one of the most functional, I still get up every morning and have to spend a few minutes dragging things I never should have gotten out of my inbox when it's easier to find out what the temperature of the uh of of the uh, of my bathroom at work is right now maybe it's a sign dan <laughs> is it a sign that we just need to put it down put down the email we're done i mean i'm already kind of a i've been done with email for a while i'm done with almost everything I have a lot of intentionalities right now, Dan. One is wearing suspenders. One is I'm 100% committed to my touchpad and keyboard. I've got rid of the clacky keyboard. I'm 100% in. Um, there's a lot of things I'm trying to learn. But wait, 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 wait. What keyboard are you using? The the uh, Space Gray Apple Extended. Oh my gosh. Wired, unwired? And a, and a, unwired okay. and a touchpad. Because wow. I, I really like, wow, wow, I really wow. like my MX Master. I really like my MX Master, but I want to get I want to, it's, it's like when I used to have to do cold fusion for a couple, three hours a day and go back and forth between the PC and the Mac. And then what that did, did not make me better at two platforms. It made me useless at two because I just, I could never remember what the meta key was to do anything. I had to look down after years of using a Mac and doing command C, command V, command C, command V. Now I'm over here doing whatever that is on Windows just long enough to forget what I should be doing when I'm on a Mac. Mm-hmm. And I want to get I want to get back to this uh, simple uh, simple world. I want I want to be all in on this certain kind of input sources. I want to I want to eventually be all in on M1. Very excited about M1. Mm -hmm. Homebrew other is just intentionality. updated to support M1. I saw that. You know it's real. Yep, that's real. Um, 
I want the other thing I'm in my list of intentionalities right now. I want to communicate half as often and twice as efficiently. Not here because this is my bread and butter. This is how Daddy uh, Daddy make that paper title. Um, <laughs> and this is the, my, my, the the garrulous quality of my observations is is why you guys pay the big bucks. Um, but when I communicate professionally and personally, I want to, like I said, I want I want to I want to communicate half as often and twice as efficiently. You ever think about that? Because sometimes you meet people they've never sent one reply to anything in their life. Everything's a magic show and a tap dance. Uh-huh. I want I want to be very I want to be efficient, not curt, but I want to be efficient and I want to mm. be effective at my communications. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would have more time to do that if I weren't dragging my filthy, greasy finger across Gmail so many hours a day. Mm. So what are you going to do? What can you do? Nothing. Can never go <laughs> home listen. again. It is said, they say that today it was so hot. I'm going to make you watch the movie. Yeah, you're going to make me watch the movie. I just watched it two weeks ago. You watched that one a couple weeks ago? Yes, yeah, like not even two weeks ago. Um, yes. yes. Yes, yes. Let's talk about something important. Will you go to will lunch? Will, will you? Will you go? I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray, and I am on a mission of mercy. So good. It's so good. You know, and it's, <clears throat> it's like I see something yeah, different in every sales. time I see he used it. He to be a salesman. He used to be a salesman. It's a tough racket. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> let's, button, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Marlon, man. <laughs>